essentially you're paying these people to work, but 84% of the time they're waiting. Is that a good ratio? Classic right? military quote, hurry up and wait. That's what it said. Exactly. Welcome to the last Lean Agile Strategies and Tactics podcast. Lean Agile Strategies and Tactics for your personal, professional, and corporate growth in today's constantly changing and challenging business environments. Neil, thank you for joining us uh, here on the last Lean Agile Strategies and Tactics podcast. Neil, Neil Magsambal, you are the author of uh, a new, newly published book, In Vision, Your Future, Seven Ways to Architect the Future and Unleash Potential, right there on the screen with you. Um, so there's a, there's a lot, those seven, those seven uh, ways to be able to architect uh, uh, the future. And maybe we can tie that into our conversation today. And what we're discussing about today is you yourself, you are an SPCT, um, a safe. Now I know there is a new, so previously it was a safe program consultant trainer, but I do believe that that acronym has changed slightly. Yes, it is a safe, uh, it is a safe practice consultant. And the T stands for three things, transformation architect, trusted advisor and trainer. Oh, okay. Because uh, for those of you who uh, are not in the know, uh, we are recording this on March 14th, but on the 15th tomorrow, there's going to be a brand new version of SAFE coming out. So by the time you see this, that new version of SAFE will be live on the street. So check it out. Uh, I guess it's SAFE 6, uh, safe six isn't it? Because we're at SAFE 5.1 right now. Well, you know what? Since it's the 14th, I'm not at liberty to say anything. Otherwise, uh, you know, uh, the government will shut us down. Fair. Um, but <laughs> so let's just say it's definitely going to be higher than, say, five. So higher than, say, five. Okay. Well, here it's, we go. It's a number higher than five. Let's just go there. Okay. Well, so uh, so check that out, folks. Um, new version of Safe Hit in the Streets. And like, uh, and like Neil said, a new definition for SPCs and SPCTs. Um, so, Neil... As, a, as part of our friendly conversation, um, as an SPC, I have encountered a number of organizations that, if they're a large organization, have established these highly functional, silo-structured ways of working, internal structures, which, you know, from government and the military, as I'm a military veteran too, uh, large corporations out in industry today that's a that's a model and a way that companies have evolved which has been very sort of natural up to this point and it has led to a lot of success especially throughout the 20th century and into the 21st but as we've transitioned into sort of the digital age and digital transformation accelerates that rate of change um as safe practitioners we've been very sort of aware of the 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 need for organizations to be able to pivot, adjust, and adapt to the ever-increasing pace of change in the dynamic business environment that they're in. The challenge, I guess, is that when having conversations or engaging with a lot of these uh, large organizations, or more, most recently, my experience has been smaller startups that are transitioning into a growth phase uh, of their business, they start adapting a lot of the habits and behaviors of these larger organizations. And because they're so rigid and, and functionally structured and siloed in the way that they communicate and pass information, it's, it's hard to 
have that initial conversation with the strategic leaders in those organizations to really challenge that way of working, that model, that mindset. And and I know, of course, Neil, you have lots of experience working with Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies. And so, you know, tapping into that wealth of experience, what is your what is your advice, maybe a story you could tell, or strategy when dealing with those strategic leaders and having that initial conversation to get buy-in for this transformation that we're trying to facilitate? Yeah, so I think that's a really, really good question. And uh, the thing that we have to keep in mind, a lot of our org structures and, and the way we do business, a lot of our business practices, um, you know, if you ever read like Gary Hamill, uh, he's a professor at the London School of Business, probably one of the most republished authors in the Harvard Business Review. Uh, you know, he states that a lot of our practices like, you know, annual budgeting, project management, you know, those type of things, a lot of our business practices were actually created by people who were born at the end of the Civil War. And so, you know, you have these practices that have been around for over 100 years. You know, they've been around for eons, right? And they become ingrained in our business culture. And so everyone thinks, you know, this is how we do business. That's what, uh, you know, Gary Hamill talks often that you can be an executive in one company and maybe go to a different company, it might not even be in your industry, uh, but because you understand how to navigate those business practices, those org structures, uh, you can you can be successful in those things because you you have mastered that old pattern of doing things. And so I think when we're talking about what can we do when we talk to senior leaders, uh, you know, I remember when I decided when I first started going into um, consulting, when I first started going into agile coaching. Right. And somebody asked me, why do you want to go into why do you want to go into this business? And I'm like, well, you know, I want to help organizations transform and I want them to be agile. And, you know, I had this I painted this picture of this incredible utopia. I, I know that vision. I know that idea. <laughs> and so I'm ever an optimist. And and, you know, the gentleman who had been in the business for you know decades basically said, OK, so would you be disappointed if the minute you walk into another company, it's exactly like the company you just left? And, you know, I was kind of dumbfounded, you know, I'm, I'm new, I'm early in my career. And, and he said, you know, they don't call in agile coaches because things are going well. <laughs> and, you know, what's that old saying? It's not the healthy that need a doctor, it's the sick. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, if, if they're bringing us in, Tony, you know, if they're bringing us in, my first question is, why am I here? Because if you were the market leader, you're, you're leading an innovation, you're fantastic, everything's going well, chances are I'm probably not going to be at this company. Somebody brought me in for a reason, and I want to get down to what is that reason? You know, why am I here? What is it that you're trying to accomplish? What do you need help with? Maybe you are doing pretty well. Maybe you're number three in your industry and you want to be number one, you know, whatever it is. I want to really want to understand why you're bringing me in, what's going on, and what it is that you feel that I can help you with. That's really the first things that I like to ask. My mentor, my first Agile mentor, Rick Vance, uh, he always told me, he said, Neil, don't go in guns blazing because I, I had a penchant to do that um, and throw a whole bunch of Agile practices, methods, whatever. He said, 
figure out what problem are we trying to solve? What problem are we trying to solve? And from there, then you can come up with solutions. I was just actually in a problem solving workshop earlier this morning. But, but really that's the first thing is the versus me trying to sell you on why Agile is so great. I really wanna understand from you as senior leaders, what is what keeps you up at night? I, I, I was at a financial company one time. It was probably one of the largest financial companies. I think they had nine, $9 trillion assets under management or something ridiculous like that. And that was my first question when I met with, you know, the executive leader, I said, what keeps you up at night? What, what problems are you having? What, you know, and he said, I don't even know how to prioritize this stuff. Okay. <laughs> So strategic prioritization is your issue. Yes, we have all this work and I have no idea how to do it, you know. So anyway, mm -hmm. that's usually one of the first things. I, I know it sounds very basic and it sounds very simple, but I got to be honest with you. Um, I can only operate under simple um, because things are so complex as it is. I don't try to bring more complexity. I try to help make things simple so that it's more consumable for people. Well, and I mean... It Kind of goes back to that whole, you know, the idea and lean about doing just the right amount of work, no more, no less, you know, be be efficient um, and focused in what you're trying to do. So, so I guess it sounds like, Neil, you, you're describing um, an interaction with this, whoever these or the individual strategic leaders are, where you're, not only are you listening, which is a skill that, you know, it would be nice if, if more of us did that better. Um, working on that skill myself so. <laughs> all the time all the time um so we we listen to what they're saying their pain points their problems their concerns and and you're building that relationship that know like and trust with those key individuals but in those kinds of organizations where they have these individuals, these strategic leaders have spent their entire career working a certain way, getting to the top, being where they are. I would imagine we, granted, things are not going perhaps perfect or well, and that's why we're there, but it's a very risky proposition to do something new. And Absolutely. in many of these organizations my experience is they are very risk adverse. They are afraid to do things differently because then they are accountable, they wear it, they pay the price if it goes poorly. Arguably, they, they, they reap the benefits if it goes well, but that's, that's sort of not how many of us are conditioned to think. We think about the negative first and that it's a very impactful or very influential on our decision-making. So in, in these Fortune 100, 500, large organization corporations how do we how do we address those fears how do we make them feel more comfortable with the change that we are proposing yeah that's a really good question again i think it goes back to what problem are we trying to solve and you know there is a pain of transition there's a pain from change right but again if you're being brought in is it what is the flip side of that if you don't change What's the danger of not changing, right? Is it, are you going to lose uh, market share? Um, are you going to, uh, you know, your profit margin? Of course, everyone's concerned about that, especially if you're in publicly traded companies, right? Mm. Uh, what are those, you know, if you, if you really hone in on what problem are we trying to solve? Uh, you know, I love what Tony Robbins says, you know, the pain, um, the pain 
to change or uh, the, the pain you feel in change has got to be less than the pain of staying the same, mm-hmm. right? We, we always think of risk as if I do, if I, we always think of being risk averse, being like, if I stay in the same, if I do what I know, if I do with what I'm familiar with, I'll be okay. The thing is, is that whatever you've done has got you to where you're at, wonderful. Business is changing constantly. We know that 52% of the companies in the Fortune, um, in the Fortune 500 uh, in 2001, they're no longer here. They've either been acquired, they've either gone bankrupt, uh, or they've become completely irrelevant, mm-hmm. right? So I, I think we have to, you know, what I try to do is help them understand what are the benefits, right? Um, Mike Cottemeyer has a fantastic podcast called The Language of Gain and The Language of Loss. Typically, as Agilists, we're really bad at coming in and saying, you know what, you've got huge batch sizes, you have so many manual processes, your command and control, this, and what we end up doing is calling their baby ugly right off the bat. <laughs> um, and the thing is, there's a book uh, that was called uh, The Trusted Advisor by, by David Meister, um, and it's a fantastic book. And I remember I was working with a client, and quite honestly, uh, this company was much smaller than any of the 